Welcome to Victory with Paul Doherty, pastor of Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Pastor Paul has a great message for you today, and I believe this message is going to make an impact in your life. Man, I am ready this morning for God to speak to you, to me. How many of y'all are ready? You ready to lean in? It's a new year. It's the beginning of the year. When I go eat at like any type of restaurant that has chips and salsa, I lean in. I'm like, I, give me the salsa. I just want to eat more salsa, chips and salsa. This morning, God wants to speak to you. He wants you to lean in. So if you have a pen or paper or you want to take notes on your phone, as long as you're not texting, get ready. I believe God wants to speak a word to you. The word today is you are made for more. You are made for more. Anybody in this room feel like there's more than what you're doing right now? That God has more than what you've seen so far. Well, in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is telling this parable to a bunch of followers, and he pulls everyone together in verse 14, and he says, the kingdom of God is like this story. It's a story about this master who had a lot of money, and he was going away on a long trip, and he pulled three of his servants together, and he said, this this servant, you're going to have five bags of silver. This servant, I'm going to give you two bags of silver, and to the last servant, he gave one bag of silver. Now, he went away on his long trip, and while he was gone, each servant decided what they were gonna do with that bag of silver that had, they had been given. So when the master returned, he said, what did you do? They, there was coming an account. They had to give an account of what they did with what he gave them. Can I tell you this today? We will all give an account of what we do with our time on this earth. 2017, we will give an account to God of what we did with this year. He's given us a bag of silver and he's saying, what are you gonna do with this brand new year that I've given you? So each one of them, they reported to the master, the one with five, he said, listen, I invested what you gave me and I multiplied it. Everybody say multiply. Multiply Multiply means more. It means I took what you gave, but I didn't maintain it. I doubled it. I multiplied it. I made more for you than what you gave me. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in the small. Now I'm going to give you many more responsibilities. Everybody say more. So here's a man who starts with some. He makes more of what he had. Then the king says, I'm going to give you even more from that. So there's this progression of more and more. Jesus said, this is the kingdom of God. It's not a kingdom. We don't serve a backwards God. We don't serve a God who digresses. We don't serve a God who demotes. We don't serve a God who causes you to go in, in less and less. He's a God of abundance, right? We serve a God who wants to do more and more in you and through you. So the second servant comes and he says, listen, you gave me two bags of silver. I invested it. I doubled it. I made even more for you. Here's two more bags. The master said the same thing. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with the small. Now I'm going to give you many more responsibilities. Notice that the first two guys both got the same answer. Even though one had been given more than the other, they both got the same response from the master. The master was pleased with what they did with what they had. You may not have been given as much as the person next to you, but it doesn't matter. If you use what you got, God is pleased with you, and he wants to give you even more. Now, the third servant, he came to the master. He said, listen, I know you're a harsh master. You harvest crops you didn't plant. You take in things you didn't cultivate. You, you, you take all this stuff, so listen, I hid that one bag of silver you gave me, and here it is, safe and sound, the one bag you gave me. You can almost feel the, the master boiling, trying to figure out, what in the world were you thinking? You did nothing with what I gave you. At least you could have put it in a bank. It could have gained some interest. What in the world? And then he says this, take that bag and give it to the man who multiplied what he had. And he says this in verse 29, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given to them. They will have an abundance. Everybody say abundance. I believe this is a year where God is ready to open the windows of heaven and give you an abundance in the thing that he's called you to do, the gifts, the dreams, the prayers, the desires, the wishes. God is not just wanting to give you what you need. He's wanting to bring what you want, but he wants to see if you'll use what he's already put in your hand. He says they will have an abundance, but from those who do nothing with what I've given them, even what little they have will be taken away. Some in this room might say, well, that's not fair. 
that's not fair. Well, it's not fair that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he took hell for us and he took the punishment that we deserved, which would have been fair, but he took it upon himself and he's given us fresh mercy. So in return, God expects us to multiply what he's put in our hands. This is a year that you are made for more than what you've done in the past years. I used to think that people were born with certain natural abilities, natural capacities. I used to think, man, AJ, this guy, he is born with like a level seven, level eight, level nine capacity out of 10. Uh, Ashley, she's born with this certain level of capacity. People like Ron McIntosh, Rod Baker, look at people out in the world that are changing the world. I mean, Steve Jobs, he was like a level 10 leader. Bill Gates, he's just a level 10. These guys are born with intelligence. They're born with their capacity. And can I tell you, that's a myth. That is a myth. Because you are not born with limitations, you are born with possibilities. You were not born to stay where you are, you were born to rise above. You were born to come up higher. You were born to multiply the gifts and talents that are inside you. You know the difference between people who succeed and people who fail? It's that the people who succeed, they keep on failing, but they keep getting back up and trying harder and using what they got. They're not afraid to take risks. They're not afraid to experiment. They're not afraid to step out. They're not afraid to keep moving forward. And therefore, they keep growing further and further towards success. The question is, do you believe you were made for more? Me and Ashley, we have two dogs. And uh, one of those dogs, PJ, he's a bird dog. Now, Ashley likes to keep our dogs inside. If it was my way, they would be outside dogs all the time. And uh, so this, this dog, PJ, he is rambunctious. He is energetic. He is all over the place. He's excited. But when he gets outside, he can sniff a squirrel. He can sniff some sort of animal in our yard, and he immediately starts going towards those animals. This last uh, Christmas break, I went hunting with some friends. And the same type of dog that I have at my house was out there and he was looking for quail. This dog would run up on certain quail coveys where there was birds there and his tail would lift high up in the air. And I asked the hunter who lived out there, I said, how did you train your dog to do this? He said, the more he's in the environment he's supposed to be in, the more he trains himself to do what he's called to do. And the question I have for you is, is the environment you're in limiting the gifts that are inside you? Because you were made for more. My dog has a gifting, a calling, maybe one day. Ashley's shaking her head. <laughs> but there's certain giftings and callings inside you. And God's wanting to see those giftings and callings be released and multiplied in your time on this earth. I think about a quote from Miles Monroe. Miles Monroe is now in heaven, but he said something I'll never forget when he came to speak at Victory. He said, the wealthiest place in the world is the graveyard. Because it is there where dreams that were never released, desires that never came forth, have been buried into the ground. Businesses that were supposed to start never got started. Books that were supposed to be written never got written. Things that people were called to do, but they sat lazily on the sidelines and watched everybody else do it, thinking maybe I'm made for more, but maybe I'm just born with this capacity. Maybe I'm just born to sit on the sidelines. You are not born to sit on the sidelines. You were born for more. There's a story about these three boys. They used to walk every day to school. And the route that they would take, there was a high wall next to this route. And every day they would look at this high wall and they would think to themselves, I wonder what's on the other side of the wall. I wonder what's on the other side of the wall. And each day they'd be walking past this wall and they'd be talking to themselves. One day this boy, one of the three friends, he just, his curiosity grew so strong. And so he took his cap off and he threw it over the wall. And his two friends looked at him and they said, what are you doing? And he said, now I've got to go over the wall to see what's on the other side. And his two friends were watching him starting to climb. They had never done this before. And they thought to themselves, we don't want to just hear about this secondhand, what's on the other side. We want to see it for ourselves. See, when one person takes a stand, often others start to jump on that train. So these two boys, they took their caps off. They threw it over the wall and they followed their friend. They started to climb. And I bet everybody here would love to know what was on the other side of the wall. But that's not the moral of the story. The moral of the story is you got to go see it for yourself. What's on the other side of the wall?
John F. Kennedy, he used that story when he got up in front of the United States of America and he said, we're going to outer space. We're going into space and we're going to see what's on the other side of the wall. What was he doing? He was stretching the capacity for what man could do. He was stretching the capacity. Did you know scientists have, have made this statement? They've said most humans only use 10% of their potential. Most humans only use 10% of the capacity that God has put on the inside of them. See, I truly believe that when Adam was in the garden in the book of Genesis and he was naming every animal, hippopotamus, duck, alligator, crocodile, where did he get these names from? He was operating on a high level of intelligence. He was operating at 100% of his capacity. He was cultivating the garden. He was cultivating the land. He was operating on a high level of his potential. And I want to challenge you today that God wants you to throw your cap over the wall this year to see what he can do in you and through you. You know, for us as a church, we threw our cap over the wall this Sunday by starting Victory Manford in Manford, Oklahoma. We decided, you know what, there's more in store. We don't know what's on the other side, but we're going to obey God and stop standing on this side and start moving on that side. Some people might say, well, you're not like other churches. I mean, Paul, you can't do that. You're too young. You've only been a pastor for a year and a half. But can I tell you this? I was not born with limitations. I was born with possibilities. You you were not born with limitations. You were born with possibilities. Who says you can't succeed this year? Who says you can't multiply what's in your hand this year? Who says you can't do the dreams that are inside your heart? I want to challenge you to move from thinking those dreams are 40 years away or 10 years away to start believing those dreams are today. Those dreams are this year. Those plans that God's put inside our heart are meant to come forth now. There's a book that just came out called Shoe Dog. It's by the CEO and, and creator of Nike, Phil Knight. And he talks about in the book, he said, when I was a young adult in Oregon, I had this dream of selling tennis shoes. But he said, I didn't have hardly any connections. I didn't have a million dollar loan. I didn't have any banks that were wanting to help really push this dream out there. All I had was a dream to sell tennis shoes. And I had this thought, maybe I should call them Nikes. Nikes. We know today Nike is one of the most recognized brands that are out there. I mean, Nike is right next to the McDonald's sign and Coca-Cola sign. It is a, such a recognizable brand, but it started in the mind of a guy who just believed he could. He threw his cap over the wall and he said, maybe I can. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can pursue the dream, the gift, the calling that's on the inside of me. You know, he said, I kept hearing this phrase inside my heart, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Now, that's the phrase that Nike carries on all their T-shirts and tennis shoes and stores. But I want to challenge you today that God's speaking, just do it. Just do it. Stop procrastinating. Stop making excuses. Stop limiting who you are or who God is or what God can do. Luke chapter 1 says nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. So how are we this year going to rise to that potential? How are we going to start living our best days yet? How are we going to live the more that God has in store for us? Number one, we got to raise our thinking. We got to raise our mindset higher. There's a story about this little boy who was fishing and he was right on the bank of this river and he was casting his fishing line in there and an older man was watching from afar and he was fishing and all of a sudden this little boy caught a huge bass. I mean, I'm talking a big old bass and this older man runs over to him. He says, that's amazing. What a great catch. And right as he's saying this, the little boy unhooks it, throws it back into the river. And the older man says, what are you doing? You just caught a whopper. Why did you throw it back in? He said, my frying pan is only nine inches. <laughs> and this is the way a lot of us think. God's trying to give us God-sized opportunities, but our frying pan is only nine inches. We don't have the mental capacity to believe that he wants to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we don't have room enough to contain. Church, we serve in Ephesians 3.20, God, exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you could hope, ask, dream, or imagine. If you were to tell me when I was 24 years old that I would be pastor in this church and that victory would be beaming into millions of households through the Hillsong channel, I would have laughed at you because I wouldn't have believed it. 
But do you know this, that the more we obey God and follow God and expand our thinking, the more he starts dropping opportunities that are beyond our capacity. And he says, it's time to come up higher. You were born for more. I've got more in store for your company, for your family, for your marriage, for your business, for your ministry, for your dreams. This year, some of you that have never gone on a missions trip are going to go on your first missions trip. You say, but Paul, I don't have the money. Stop thinking about the limitations. Start thinking about the possibilities. This year, some of you business people, you're going to multiply your money. You're going to double what you made last year in your sales. You're going to have higher profits. You're going to employ more people. You're going to give more into the kingdom of God. You say, but Paul, I don't see it. I don't see it. You've got to start raising your level of thinking. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now think about that in the mental capacity, that the devil wants to steal your hope, he wants to kill your capacity, and he wants to destroy your potential. And how he does that is he gets in your mind and he says, you're unqualified, you're not good enough, you screwed up last year, you made too many mistakes, you've ruined your marriage, you've ruined your chances of having a healthy future, you're not going to get healed. And so the enemy tries to kill your confidence tries to kill your mental capacity to believe this is your year for miracles. This is your year for breakthroughs. But at the same time that the devil's trying to kill your potential, Jesus is trying to breathe life. And he says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Jesus is saying, come on, trust me. Don't let those negative thoughts build up in your mind. This is a year to detox the negative thoughts. Detox those negative thoughts. Cast those thoughts down. Romans chapter 8 says, if God is for me, who can be against me? It says that I'm more than a conqueror. It says that he's raised me up and seated me in heavenly places. Psalm 139, David said, I'm a masterpiece made in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that the plans God has for me are plans to prosper me, to give me hope and a future. What are we doing? We're raising our thinking. When you come to church, this is something we want to do at Victory. We want to raise your thinking that your best days are still in front of you, that God's not finished with you yet, that God's mercy covers your past, showers your present, and empowers your future. This year, the currency of God is mercy. He's dealing it. He's giving it out. Mercy, new every morning. But you've got to get your mind lined up. Lord, I thank you. I have the mind of Christ. Just say that with me. I have the mind of Christ. You don't have a mind of defeat. You don't have the mind of a victim. You have the mind of a victor. You walked into victory today. Let your mind just be detoxed of that victim mentality, that defeated mentality. So many people, they never rise to their potential because they think that God is mad at them. They think that God is disappointed in them. So many people think that God is a mean God, that God wants us to be poor, that God wants us to be defeated, that God wants us to live under the circumstances. And my question to them is, what Bible translation are you reading? Because <laughs> you better get a hold of the right translation. My Bible says that God wants us to be overcomers. My Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My Bible doesn't say that I'm a victim. My Bible says that I'm a victor through Christ Jesus. My Bible says that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. My Bible says to bear much fruit this year, to be successful, to be productive. God is interested in you succeeding this year. He did not put us on this earth to be problemists. He put us on this earth to be solutionists. He didn't put us on this earth to think low. And by the way, the way you think drives the way that you behave. So if you think small, you behave small. If you think little, you dream little. If you think on a lower level, then you live on a lower level. So when big opportunities come by, you say, well, my frying pan's only nine inches. I can't handle that opportunity, Pastor Paul. God can't use me. I come from the wrong family. Paul, I'm unqualified. My family's made so many mistakes. Do you know the family that Jesus came through was super jacked up? I mean, his ancestry had so many bad people through his family line, and God used every single one of them. You've gotta take off those mental blockades and limitations. Number two, this year, if you're going to start living your best days, living the more that God has for you, you got to define your success. Define your success. Howard Thurman said this quote. He said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs are people 
who have come alive. I love that. I remember reading that in a book, Wild at Heart, when I was in college. Because to me, I always thought success meant I had to impress the people around me. I had to do something that they were going to think was successful. Can I tell you today, if God's called you to be a plumber, then you be the best plumber you can be out there and you are an incredible success. If God's called you to be a teacher, be the best teacher you can be. Because what would be unsuccessful is you being someone that you're not supposed to be and making tons of money doing it, but then getting at the end of your life and God saying, I gave you this gift and you never used it. I gave you this dream and you despised it. In college, there were people that had an unhealthy view of success. I was one of those people, and we would surround, we would sit around and we would talk about, you gotta do these big things, and you gotta be like this person to be successful. And then I started realizing that success is obeying God's calling on your life. That's bottom line of success, is obeying what God has called you to do. God measures success not the way the world measures success. God measures, but, but God loves success. In fact, in John chapter 15, Verse eight, he said, my true disciples bear much fruit. So Jesus said, I want you to be productive. I don't want you to bear a little bit of fruit. I don't want you to just survive or exist. I want you to bear much fruit. I want you to be successful at what I've called you to be successful in. God measures success in two ways. Who you're becoming and what you're doing with what he's given you. Who you're becoming. Are you becoming more like Jesus? The dictionary defines success as hitting your target, hitting what you're aiming for. My question for you today is, what are you aiming for this year? What are you aiming for this year? Ashley and I, we decided last year we were gonna define success. We were gonna write it down. You can't take ground on what you haven't written down. Habakkuk chapter two says, write the vision down, make it plain. So Ashley, she wrote it on her mirror, the things she wanted to do. I wrote it in my journal. I kept it in my office. I kept it in my desk. I had it in my car. Things that I was believing to do in 2016. Can I tell you, we accomplished almost every single thing that we wrote down. Can you do that this year? Write down the things that God's called you to accomplish. Maybe God's calling you this year to spend more time in your Bible. Maybe success for you this year is losing 20 pounds. Maybe success for you this year is just getting back into healthy eating, having a diet. Write it down, circle that target, put the bullseye on there, and start moving towards that direction, little by little. It's not gonna happen overnight. It's gonna be a process. It may take the whole year. But as you start moving towards that target, then you know at the end of the year, I hit my success. I, I succeeded at what God called me to do. King David was about to die. He brought his son Solomon into his room. He said, Solomon, let me tell you how to be successful. Let me tell you how to succeed no matter where you are or what you do. And in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3, he said these words to his son. He said, do what the Lord your God commands. Follow his teachings. Obey everything written in the law of Moses. Then you will be a success. There it is right there. Then you will be a success no matter what you do or where you go. See, success is a moving target for most of us. Every year there's new targets that we wanna hit. Maybe there's things we wanna do differently last year, this year that we did last year. The target I had as a teenager is different than the target that I have today. But there's one target that remains the same and that is obey God. Obey God this year. Follow what God's calling you to do. Step out, throw your hat over the wall and start moving in the direction that God's called you to go. There's more in store for your future than what you're seeing right now, but you gotta be obedient. Number three, master your mouth this year. Master your mouth. <laughs> Some of us in this room, we got a, we got a dirty mouth. <laughs> this is the year that we're gonna master our mouth. We're gonna stop letting words come out of our mouth that are ungodly, that are negative, that are toxic towards our destiny, and we're gonna start speaking words of life. Proverbs 18 says, life and death are in the power of your tongue. So you're either inviting life and potential and possibilities into your life, or you're inviting death and discouragement and a sense of lack. I wanna challenge you this year to use your words to shape your destiny, to speak prophetically over where your life is headed. Genesis chapter one, God said, let there be light and there was light. Let there be land and there was land. As God spoke, it came to pass. God has given us that same creative ability with our words. Lord, this is my 
best year yet. Lord, I thank you 2017 is going to be my, my most productive year I've ever had. 2017, I'm going to become the best dad. I'm going to become the best husband. I'm going to become the best pastor. I'm going to get better at the gifts and callings as a preacher. You start thinking about the things that you need to grow in and start declaring this is your year to prosper. This is your year to succeed. Stop saying things like, I can't, I won't, I'll never. Our marriage is always going to be like this. Our family is always going to be like this. Start using your words to shape the destiny that God's called you to walk in. Use your words to speak life over the people around you. You want to live your best days yet? Get your mouth in line with your heart, with the beliefs inside of you, and start declaring the word of God over your future. I remember in 2013, I was driving up to our church, and I was walking through a depression. And I was missing my dad. I, I really wished at that time that he was still here and and I was also just discouraged. Our church was walking through a lot. And I kind of just allowed my mouth to become very negative. The words I was speaking at home, the words I was speaking privately, I was just negative. I wasn't like cussing or anything, but I just was negative. I was not positive. And I would say things like, man, our best days are behind us. I think God's done here. I was just saying these negative things, just kind of permanently stating it. And when I was driving up to the church in 2013, God said, change the narrative, change your confession. Paul, if you wanna start living your best days, you're gonna to have to start declaring it by faith. So all I had in my car was a napkin and I was kind of crying. I was sitting in the parking lot, having a pity party like Eeyore, you know, it's always raining on me. I'm never invited to any birthday parties. <laughs> Just having my own pity party victim mentality. I'm sitting in the car and God said, change the narrative. Start declaring by faith, your best days are in front of you. So I wrote down on this napkin, I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. And I stopped right there. And to be honest, I didn't really believe it because I kind of felt like my purpose died when my dad died. But I said, okay, God, I do have a purpose. I do have a purpose. I am here on purpose. And then God gave me the next words. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. Now, the reason I wrote down my heart is open, my mind is ready to receive, I had become very complacent about the Bible, about church. It was like I wasn't really open, I wasn't receiving anything. I was just kind of reading the pages and then closing the book. But God wanted me to start opening up and to start believing he wasn't finished yet, that he wasn't done with my life yet. And God began to say, Paul, I'm not finished with victory. I'm not finished with the Doherty family. I'm not finished with your mom. I'm not finished with your brother, John. I'm not finished with Sarah, Ruthie, your, your family members. I'm not finished with you yet. And I had to say it before I believed it. Now here's the power of your words. The more you say it, the more you start to believe it. But oftentimes you have to say it even when you don't know if you believe it. Too many people are waiting to say something until they kind of feel like it. If you waited to love your spouse until you felt like it, I don't know what would happen. There's oftentimes, see, love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. And the same thing goes with the words of faith. You have to speak it even when you don't feel it. Then God gave me the next words. My best days are, and before I could write that line, I started thinking, are behind me? Are 20 years in front of me? are coming soon someday. And God said, they're right in front of you, Paul. They're right in front of you. You gotta start declaring your best days are right in front of you. So I wrote it down, my best days are right in front of me. Then the next line, I have victory. I have victory. I have victory because Jesus lives in me. I have victory because Jesus lives in me. And the more I said it, the more I started believing I am victorious. I am hope-filled, I'm prosperous. I haven't seen my best days yet. We haven't seen the greatest miracles yet. God has more in store for my family. God has more in store for our church. Now listen to this. Before I started changing my confession, I would walk into this room and I would say, this is way too big. Why did my dad build a huge sanctuary? He should have built a nine-inch frying pan. I need like only 200 seats in here. And, and I had a small mindset. I was really discouraged. I thought, we're just gonna have to put curtains up every Sunday and just you know, only select 200 seats in here because that's all I can see. But when I started changing my thoughts, 
See, some of us in this room were like, give me something practical. This is so practical and it's so spiritual. And when you mix the two together, it'll change your life. The stuff I'm giving to you right now has the potential to change your life. Don't miss it. When I started changing my thoughts, when I started circling the target, when I started changing my words, I walked into this room and I go, this is too small. This is too small. We might have to go to the BOK Center for a Sunday morning, for Easter, for Christmas, for our conference. Now, some of us in this room, we kind of look at that, we go, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you be thinking outside of the box, Paul. You need to stay in here. But God's wanting us to take the limits off. God's wanting us to remove the cap to our capacity. You were made for more. I didn't see how small this was until I stepped out of the environment and I had a trip. Someone invited me, paid for me to go down to Houston. They said, let me show you this church. It starts with an L. It's called Lakewood. And the pastor, you might've seen him on TV. His name's Joel Osteen. And I walked in, it's this massive auditorium. And God said, Paul, do you think your heart breaks for more than just the people that are in the church, but the people in your city that haven't come to church yet, that haven't met Jesus yet. It's not just about more people in seats. It's about reaching the lost. It's about depopulating hell and populating heaven. It's about reaching a generation for Jesus. It's about removing the capacity that our church has hit our best days. I'm telling you, we ain't seen nothing yet, Victory. 2017 is going to be a, a year of breakthrough, a year of abundance, and the people who rise up will see it. They'll see it happen. They will get the window of opportunity that's coming your way. I believe this is a year businessmen are going to triple, and they're going to be able to fund the kingdom of God like never before. They're going to be writing bigger checks than they've ever written before to send missionaries on the missions field, to help build orphanages, to help build rescue homes, to help reach the lost, to get the gospel on the radio, TV, billboards. I'm telling you, this is the year for the church to arise. Blow the trumpet in Zion, church. Wake up. You were made for more. You've got to change your mind. You've got to change your mouth. You've got to circle the target. What has God called you to do? In the last service, I was looking at one of my teachers, Linda Opoff. She's been a teacher for 30 years. I said, Linda, you're an incredible success. And she smiled. And she didn't mean this in a prideful way. She said, I know, because I've obeyed what God's called me to do. God doesn't measure success by how much money's in your bank account. Because if you're called to be like Mother Teresa and go to Calcutta and serve a bunch of lepers in a leper colony and you decide to move to the Cayman Islands and make $10 billion, you've disobeyed God. Because God meant for that money and for you to be in Calcutta. Now, if you're going to Calcutta, but God's called you to be in Tulsa, and have multiple companies that are funding missionaries to India, funding missionaries to Africa, then you're in the wrong place. Success is not how much you make, what house you live in, what car you drive. It's are you obeying what God has called you to do, the dreams inside you? Are you cultivating? Are you maximizing your gifts? And here's the last point right here, point four. Work hard with what you've got. Work hard with what you've got. Man, nothing beats hard work. Nothing beats hard work. We should be people in, in this city, people should know the ones who go to victory. We should be the ones that are showing up to work on time, working with our whole heart. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly unto the Lord. People should say, you must go to victory because you show up on time, you work with a joyful attitude, I'm gonna promote you. I'm gonna give you more responsibilities in this company because you just are different than everybody else. See, I think victors, victory people, we should be the ones in our city that are turning our city upside down, that are the most productive people in our companies, on our campuses, in our schools, that we're not lazy, we're not procrastinators, we're not sitting on the bench making excuses. No, we are in the game. Game, head in the game, heart in the game, giving it all we got. Because listen, there's no shortcuts to any place worth going. There's no shortcuts 
to any place worth going. So many people, we want the benefits and the promises of God, but we won't do the work that God's called us to do. He says, are you looking up my promises? Are you circling my promises? Are you speaking my promises? Are you meditating on my promises? Are you walking in obedience to the word that I've given you? David said to Solomon, you'll be successful if you do what God tells you to do. You know, I think about how oftentimes we want to see something happen after just doing it one time. People who tithe, they say, Paul, I tried tithing and God hasn't blessed my finances. I say, how long have you been doing it? One week? Well, you got to be consistent. When I go and work out in the gym, I can't expect to be strong and be in shape after going in the gym just one time. Where's all my gym guys at, gym girls at, all those that work out, fitness people, come on. Now, listen, I have to be committed to the consistency of going into that gym and sticking to my workout if I wanna see results. It doesn't happen overnight. Athletes get this. If you're gonna be successful as a professional athlete, it takes consistent practice, consistent practice. As Christians, we have to realize there are principles in the earth that even secular people can access that don't believe in God, and they are accessing it. As Christians, we can't be lazy and expect God to do all the work. Okay, church? So this is a year that we say, you know what? I'm gonna work hard with where God has me. I'm gonna give it all I got. I'm gonna use my gifts. Joshua, he walked his people around the walls of Jericho how many times? Come on, don't make me do a Jericho march on you. Day one, he said, we're gonna walk around this. And he said, now, we're not gonna stop after day one. We're gonna go around at day two. I'm telling you, consistency brings the breakthrough. Consistency brings the breakthrough. On day three, he said, we're not done. We're gonna do this tomorrow too. On day six, he said, hold up. We're gonna go tomorrow as well. Day seven, we're gonna do this seven times because consistency brings the breakthrough. If you wanna see God open the windows of heaven this year, don't just do it one time. Don't expect God to do all the work. He's gonna meet you as you start walking in the direction he's called you to walk in. You've gotta start moving with the mission. You know, I see God as like the quarterback. He's got the football, but he's looking for a receiver that's in motion. He's looking for a receiver that's headed towards the touchdown. He says, come on, I want to meet you. I'm throwing the provision. I'm throwing what you need. I'm going to bring the resources, but you got to get in motion. And you can't just sit on the sidelines. And you can't just wait for me to come and hand you the ball. you got to start running, and I'll throw it to where you need to get to. Do you receive that word? There's a woman in our church. Now catch this, this isn't just for health. This isn't just for finances. This isn't just in your spiritual walk. There was a woman in our church, her name's Susan Newman. And over 10 years ago, she was diagnosed with lymphoma cancer. Same cancer that my dad was diagnosed with. When she was diagnosed with it, she had to make a decision. I've gotta change my lifestyle if I wanna, if I wanna live. I'm gonna have to do some things differently. And I can't just do it one month and expect to beat this. Day after day, she started researching the natural way to beat cancer. Today, she is healthy and whole and cancer-free. She has conquered cancer from the daily practices and the consistent hard work. It's hard work. God will bring miracles into your life exponential favor into your life abundance Ephesians 3:20 exceedingly abundantly above anything you can ask hope dream or imagine but he's looking to see if you're going to maintain what he's put in your hand or multiply it remember those three guys in Matthew 25 the first two they multiplied it they made more with what they had the last guy he hit it and i want to challenge you this year to produce much fruit to multiply the gifts and the talents that are in your hand, to circle the target. What am I believing to see happen this year? Where do I want to succeed? I want to become more like Jesus, and I want to multiply what he's put in my hand. I want us just to bow our heads and close our eyes across this room. Maybe you're here right now, and you're not right with God. Maybe you've wandered off. Maybe in some ways you've been backsliding. You've just been sinning, and you know it's wrong, but today you're saying, you know what? I'm here in church. And I want to tell you, man, God is so happy to see you in church this morning. So happy to see you here. 
I can see him just smiling from heaven like a father looking at his son, at his daughter that's here today. And he's saying, I've been waiting for you to come back home. I've been waiting for you to come back home. I've got so much in store for you. You were made for more than what you've been doing. You were made for more than the way you've been thinking. You were made for more than the way you've been speaking over yourself. As a father, he's reaching out to you this morning. He's saying, would you allow me to be your Lord and Savior? Would you allow me to lead your life this year? What does this mean? This means I'm surrendering the remote control this year. If I'm made for more, then I need to come to my maker. I need to come to grips with my creator. And I need to let him be Lord of my life so he can bring the potential and the capacity to pass inside my life this year. With heads bowed, eyes closed. If you need to get things right with God, just raise your hand all across this room. This is a time to surrender. Right here at the start of the year, hands going up from the front to the back. You're saying, yeah, I'm ready. I'm surrendering to Jesus right now. Keep your hands up. This is awesome. This is awesome. Praise God. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. The, the hands are going up all across this room. I'm going to invite us all to pray this prayer right now. Just say this with me Jesus, those with their hands raised, keep it up. Say, Jesus, I surrender to you this year. I'm all yours. Have your way in my life. I repent of my sins and I receive your forgiveness. I believe you're the son of God. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. And I accept you today as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Give a big hand clap to those today that just made that decision. That is amazing. Church, here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to receive our offerings and our tithes to the Lord. One of the best things we can do this year is start the year off right with God, prioritizing God first. You know, working hard with what you got. I think about how that story, those guys, they gave back what they had been given and they got even more. This morning, let's honor God with 10% of our income. I want to challenge our whole church to start the year off right as tithers. What if every single one of us became a tither? What's a tither? It's a Christian who decides, I'm going to give 10% of my income to God. Now, I'm going to ask all of us just to stay seated. I promise I'll dismiss in just a little bit. You'll get to do all the things you want to do, but this is so important. Our tithes and our offerings, it's a response to God to say, God, I dedicate this year to you. I'm trusting this week to you. I'm trusting you with my finances. I'm going to give 10% of my income. Maybe you want to give even more today. Maybe you feel to increase that. Maybe you say, Paul, I, can, I can't start at 10, but I can start at 5%. That's great. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. Maybe you could start by giving 1%, 2%, 3%, and then move towards that 10%. But all of us today, let's believe God. Let's stretch our faith financially this year to give into God's kingdom. What does it go towards? It goes towards people hearing the gospel. It goes towards people being reached in other nations, other cities. In 2016, as a church, you saw on the video, 30,000 people gave their life to Jesus last year. 2,485,000 were reached with the gospel. We were able to plant Bible schools, plant orphanages. We were able to plant churches, but we couldn't have done it without the church rising up and saying, you know what, I, I'm going to sow into what God's called me to do. I believe that if you give 10%, your 90% will increase even more. But if you hold back from God, your 100% will decrease. If you have a calling to prosper, if you're someone in this room that, that you feel like God has gifted you with an anointing to prosper financially, but you won't trust him with a tithe, you are decreasing your potential. If you will release what's in your hand, God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out what's in his hand. Malachi 3, he says, test me in this. Bring the tithes into the storehouse. Watch what I'll do. As we give to God, you can give online or you could text to give. And I'm gonna ask AJ to come up here and pray over our offering. And then we're gonna sing a worship song. And then I promise after that worship song, we'll dismiss. But I really feel like during this worship song, Many people, God's going to do something in your heart. We're going to have a time of worship right in here, and then we'll dismiss. But AJ, come and pray over this offering. You know, as Pastor Paul said, one of the many ways to live your best days is to obey 1 Kings 2, verse 3, which says, Obey all God's commandments and decrees, and then your way will be successful. 
when we obey God's word, it says give. And what he'll do, give and it shall be given back to us. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So when you obey God, he'll make your way successful and you can live your best day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that this is the day that you've given us. Lord, we thank you that you've already prepared a table before us. We speak blessing and increase, multiplication over every seed that's given today. Some are giving, God believing for their rent to be paid, for their mortgage. We expect increase for the floodgates of heaven to be opened on every seed, all those watching all over the world, because you're the God of harvest. You're the God of increase. So we sow today expecting and believing in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let's worship the Lord. saying come on over there's more to your life there's more in store that you're not 
uh, tapping into yet, if that's you, just leave your seat. Come down to this altar right now. If you know there's more that you haven't been walking in and you need to change your thoughts, you need to change your words, you need to change your habits, you need to change your daily routine, it's time to get off the bench. If you've been using laziness to sit into a place of comfort, it's time to come out of comfort comfort and come out of complacency and step into a sense of urgency step into a place of productivity this is your year to prosper this is your year to grow this is your year to bear much fruit now I truly believe there's some of you today I have felt this in every service there are some of you today that are called to be missionaries and called to go on mission trips this year. You don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know where the money's going to come from. You don't know how you're going to get off work. You don't know uh, all those things. But just put all those questions to the side. If you feel called to be a long-term missionary or to go on a short-term mission trip this year, I want you to leave your seat. I just feel to pray for people that are called into missions this year, that are called into... and. And I also hear in my heart, not just missions, but local outreach. This year, you feel a calling to help serve our city in some way, uh, to minister to people in need, to help the homeless, to help those that are hurting, to help those that are in uh, places of poverty, to bring help, to bring healing, to bring hope. If you have that outreach missions calling, this is your year to do it. This is your year. No excuses. You were made for more. And lastly, there's another group I want to invite down to this altar. That is businessmen and businesswomen that have a calling to prosper and, a, and an anointing to make money and to make money work for you so that you can fund the kingdom of God. This is the year that kings and priests walk together hand in hand and work to bring the gospel in nations and cities to help plant churches. God's going to use business people that have just a gifting to make money. If that's you, I believe God's wanting to increase your anointing this year to prosper for your company, that you're gonna be able to hire more employees, that you're gonna be able to give more than you've ever given, that you're gonna be able to make more than you've ever made, and you're gonna do it for the glory of God. Jesus said, when you bear much fruit, the Father is glorified through you. If that's you, businessman, businesswoman, just leave your seat. You know who you are, young or old, come down to this altar. I wanna pray for the business people, missions people and I want to pray for those that have a calling this year to take the limits off what God's going to do in and through their life you might already be down here or maybe you're standing in your seat you're thinking about it you're thinking should I go down there I don't know if I should go down there if you're thinking about it you're hesitating chances are God's saying get down there get down there there's something about pressing in you know the woman that pressed through the crowd that touched the hem of the garment of Jesus she saw her miracle. She pressed through the crowd. There's something about pressing into God, seeking after God this year, moving in the direction that he's calling you to move in, throwing your cap over the wall and saying, I'm going to new heights this year. I'm going to new depths this year. I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm going on a missions trip this year. I'm going to do the thing he's birthed in my heart. Lord, I just thank you right now, God, that you're stirring up people in this room stirring up their dreams stirring up their vision stirring up their hope stirring up their faith let faith arise god let faith arise god let hope arise lord let hope arise come on just lift your hands in this place right now god's about to pour out his spirit on sons and daughters on old men old women young men young women all ages in Jesus name
up. I just feel as we're, as we're praying, just prophetically, this is your year. God's shining a light on you, Chuck. And I thank you this is a year of release, release of dreams. This is a year of release of giftings and callings inside your life. He's taking you to a higher level. He's taking your marriage to a higher level. He's taking your family to a higher level. This is a year there's no cap to your capacity. God's saying there's more, Chuck. There's more. I'm telling you, I've got more in store for you. I've got more in store for you. As we're praying, I'm just seeing there's people here that God's saying it's time to rise up. Raise your thinking. Raise your thinking. Lord, I just thank you, God, for your calling, your anointing. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Lord, I just speak right now, God. This would be a year of increase, a year of harvest on seeds that have been sown. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. They're going to see an abundance in their company, an abundance. God, I thank you for that person on this side over here. I don't know who you are, but I feel like someone on this side, you have a calling towards missions. You've never gone on missions trips before. But as I was speaking it, you knew that was you. And this is your year. You're not just going to go on one mission trip. You're going to go on multiple trips. And God's going to start preparing you to live on the missions field. But you got to start somewhere. So don't despise the day of small beginnings. And God's going to start using you locally in local outreach before he sends you on global missions. Start now. Your best days start today. Your dreams start now. This is a day of fresh beginnings, fresh starts. He's covering your year in mercy. He covers your past in mercy. He showers your present in mercy. He empowers your future with mercy. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. The Grams, would you guys just raise your hand? Lord, I just thank you for open doors. For the grams. Lord, I just thank you. This is a year of open doors and open heavens. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name. You're going to give them greater open doors than they've ever seen, God, in the industry that you've called them to serve in. Lord, I thank you. There's new heights you're taking them to. There's new depths. He's getting ready to, uh, to just even reinvent you in, in greater ways. He's getting ready to give you new strategies. He's getting ready to bring more people around you, more team members to help serve the vision that God's put on the inside of you for, for, for the industry that he's called you into. He's getting ready to give you... Uh, 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 new insight, prophetic insight into the things ahead. You're going to know things other people won't know, and you're going to be able to make the curve. You're going to be able to do things that are going to bring great profit in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, and harvest on every seed that you've been sowing. Harvest. Now, this might be different for some of us in this room. We're not used to this, but I'm telling you, this is a year that God's getting ready to give secrets and mysteries to people to walk out the Word of God over their life. Get ready. Can I pray over all of us this morning? Victory. We're stepping into our best days yet. You are stepping into your best days yet. No matter what season of life you're in, in the midst of crisis lies great opportunity. In the midst of crisis lies great opportunity. So whether you're walking through a valley or whether you're on a mountaintop, your best days are right in front of you. Don't see the limitations. See the opportunities. See the possibilities. See the solutions. God's given you the mind of Christ. You're going to start operating on a higher level of percentage intelligently. You're going to start operating on a higher level of percentage in your capacity and your potential. You're going to start seeing doors open up. You're going to start seeing abundance come your way. As you're faithful with the small, God's going to make you ruler over much, much more. Now, let me just pray. Lord, I pray for every person here down at the altar and uh, up to the top of this balcony. Those that are watching online, those that are going to hear this on TV or watch, listen to this in their car on CD. Lord, I just pray this would be a year of abundance, a year of breakthrough. Lord, that we're raising our expectancy. We're raising our eyes towards you. God, I thank you. This is the year that we expand our mindset to start believing what you've spoken in your word. God, that you will prosper your people. 
that they will do great exploits. God, that your plans for them are plans of good and not of evil. Lord, that this would be a year that we walk in the anointing of what you've called us to do. Whether we're teaching in a school, Lord, whether we're uh, uh, working in a company, or whether we're on a missions field in another country, God, that we're going to succeed this year at being who you've called us to be and doing what you've called us to do. And in this, you will be pleased and you will be glorified and the world will know that God is good all the time. In Jesus' name, everybody say Thank you for listening to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you. 